0: All right, bet This is episode 6 We made it to 6 Our Fucking 6 episodes bro Oh, that one Vatos podcast Here at Southtown Art Gallery 1913 South Flores It took me 25 years To figure that out but
1: 1913
0: South Flores Let's go And I got a special guest He's the one He's one third Of the Dana Cortez show Stand up comedian He's the most Hood rat Hood rat you ever meet In your life yeah, a bigger that's hood, rat.
1: The truest thing you said though. A
0: oh, bigger yeah. hood, rat than me, and that's 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 pretty hard. <laughs> Anthony Almanza, did I say that correct? Almanzar, Almanzar, I like it. I
1: like it. I like it a lot. Speaking of, I like it a lot. I share the same name as Cardi B. Oh shit! For those who don't know, yeah, police Almanzar is her name. So. That's why I go by Anthony A. Because I'll never be the most famous. I'm inside. Damn. So, yeah, that
0: is pretty rough, dog. We
1: out here though, dog. We out here. What's good? Thank y'all for having me. I'm, yeah, man. I'm the six Vato, right? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, s- oh, right? you're the six Vato. Pretty much. You're the
0: six Vato, dude. Hell yeah, dude. So,
1: so wait, it's this, it's this one Vato podcast.
0: That one Vato's podcast. I'm that one Vato. Uh,
1: you just, are, dude. You are. You just seeing... are. If you've never seen this man, he has the mustache and everything. <laughs> like you can, like you're. Like, that one Vato is a very good description of you. As a matter of fact, no matter where you go, it's like yeah, Yo, you're that one fool from Midnight Swim. Ooh, <laughs> that one Vato. Oh, you mean to do with the comb over? Yes, dude. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> now I want to know about 25 years on that mustache. How long has that mustache taken, bro?
0: Bro, I've had this mustache. I would shave it all the time because my dad, I look exactly like that motherfucker. So, like, you know how you had that face aging app? Mm -hmm. I didn't need that shit. I could just look at my dad right now, like, oh, this, I'm gonna look like this motherfucker. Like, this is not cool at all. Um, So, so have you had this?
1: I I assume you're being a bot, though. You're pretty Mexican. I assume that mustache has been there since birth.
0: (laughs) It was in my sonogram, dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like, God, now you're giving birth to Vicente uh, Fernandez. Uh, your sonogram <laughs> looks
1: like a little lowrider magazine. <laughs> 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 that's what they're like <laughs> At your gender reveal. That's what just popped out. <laughs> 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 that's stupid. That's stupid. Uh, oh.
0: I, started, I think I grew it out 2017. Mm. People were freaking out because I used to be clean shaven, and I would only have a little bit of facial hair on my chin. I had that ugly ass little.
1: And what led I, to it? What led to it? What were you like?
0: I don't know. I wanted to do something different. I was like, let me grow this out real quick. And the girl that I was dating at the time, um, she's like, "Are you gonna grow it out for real?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it." You know, I, I need to need look different. I need to look older. I'm tired of looking like I'm fucking 15.
1: <laughs> the biggest, the biggest thing about that sentence was the girl I was dating at the time, meaning that she is no longer here in the mustaches. Yeah, <laughs> so let's cool. go, baby. <laughs> oh, dude, man, and mustache, the mustache, have you ever had a, like, just a mustache, no. for, for a little bit, just, dude, yeah, that is, good to rock like this guy. it's a cultural experiment in, in itself, when people see it, here's, here's what I'll say about the mustache, the mustache is, it's got a bad rep, okay, I think you're doing, you're doing the best you can, being a positive bot though, for the mustache, because you look at the mustache representatives, you got people like Michael Jordan, You know he's not the best. Got that
0: Hitler mustache. He's
1: got that. That's like the best thing. And he got the porn stash. And then, like the fact is, look, not every man with a mustache is a pedophile, but every pedophile has a mustache. So you got to continue to fight the upward (laughs) fight of changing the misperception of men with mustaches. And you keep doing that. Thank you. One podcast at a time. Let's
0: go, dog. (laughs) I'm in the hood with the youth, giving back. (laughs) I'm always giving back. (laughs) <laughs> dude that's so funny man so how long have you been in san antonio for because i know you're not from here
1: um today i've been here for uh, a little bit close to like four years almost uh, about four years i moved out here the um the end of 2015 from albuquerque new mexico and i've been here ever since then in and out the city so man yeah i've been here for four years and it's like i love san antonio like, i love san antonio for just the culture that it is and then just how festive it is! Honestly, there's always something going on, and it, like it's cool because San Antonio supports its own, and that carries over to like media and in what I do with like radio. Yeah, uh, it's a great city for radio. It's like and like the radio talent here is good. The people support the radio. The radio supports the people. Like a broadcast should. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. Like San Antonio's Shout out to San Antonio. Always hey, shout out, shout out to t- <laughs>
0: Countdown City, baby. Did you have any? misperceptions of San Antonio prior to coming here? Did you think we oh. were we were on fucking horses or something? Nah,
1: I just didn't know y'all Mexicans still spoke Spanish first. <laughs> like that, oh my God, dude. Bro, the amount of disappointed looks I get when I'm like, hello, sir. <laughs> They're like, yo, like, when I moved here, we stopped speaking Spanish like that in New Mexico. Really? So when I first moved out here, like, everybody goes, if you're brown, a lot of people open up Spanish first. Yeah. And that was something that, like, it took me a while adjusting to. And honestly, my Spanish has gotten, like, better. Like, I I could pull into a taco truck now and, like, hold my own. Let's go. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of, like, the misperception I had is, like, I just didn't think everyone spoke as much Spanish as they did. And then also, I didn't realize, like, how much, like, traditional Mexican culture influences here in the city because I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, originally, where... We have Mexican-American culture mixed in with, like, Native American culture, so it's different. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, it's it beautiful in its own right, too. But yeah. San Antonio, for me, anyway, in my experience, kind of reminded me of what, like, a traditional Mexican upbringing would be. Yeah. More so, so, yeah.
0: Um, did you... Did you grow up in a household where they spoke Spanish, but you just didn't pick up on it, or...
1: I mean, they spoke, like, sarcasm and curse words.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, nah, yeah, uh, my, my grandma spoke Spanish. My dad did that, like prison spanglish like you know what i'm saying like it's kind of like it's like a lot of curse words and a like it kind of gets to the point but then it is switch over to english and that,
0: um, <laughs> his dad was like um, what's his name from blood and blood out yeah <laughs> hey dad you want some pork chops i don't want his pork chop i want his life like what dad I'm just, even i am just see you're hungry i don't
1: know who that is but you know what yes yes <laughs> definitely for sure um yeah and uh, like so nobody really spoke spanish too much in my house let's be all spoke english yeah but a lot of my neighbors, like shout out to my neighbor, shout out to Javier. You know, I hope he's doing good. And like, shout out Javier. You, you know, we, we helped each other out.
0: What was what's the weather like over there?
1: Oh, dude, another shout out, shout out, dry heat. I'm gonna shout out dry heat all day. <laughs> got dry heat. Uh, that's another thing. I'm not. I'm a I'm a lizard, not an iguana. Okay, I'm built, more for, like, for, I'm built more for like the desert heat, bro. When I moved down here, nobody told me don't wear pants from like May to like September. Oh, my God. Like, when I first moved here, dude, I was making so much, like, horrible summertime fashion decisions. I was wearing, like, light blue shirts and gray shirts and just nasty, like, not the best. So <laughs> that's a difference out there for sure is the dry heat. Yeah, the so, humidity
0: here is pretty rough. Yeah,
1: and I, you know, but, like, like you're you're a Texan, right? Yeah, what yeah, yeah, so you're, like, you're used to it. You pull up to, like, like, like okay, the Barbacola Big Red Festival. Yeah. First of all, That's a crazy reason to have a little festival. That's a a nothing reason to have a festival. But you know what? I'm not gonna stop it. And then two, it's in the middle of the summer. It feels like a Bubba Sparks music video. It's so (laughs) hot and muggy, and if people just walking around is all dusty eating tacos, but it's beautiful in its own right. So like that was like some stuff that like we don't do in New Mexico. It's like I ain't gonna go outside right now. But like Texans will be like, nah, we're gonna pull up our, we're gonna BYOB, and then we're gonna take our chairs and we are gonna pull up and we're gonna eat a bunch of tacos. Nice. So, yeah, like
0: yeah, all that. <laughs> uh, what did you do growing up in New Mexico? Like, what'd you do for fun?
1: Oh man, I played football. I played sports a lot. I Played football, basketball. Um, I played football like, a lot of football, and then I actually coached a little bit of youth football too. Oh, nice. And uh, where I kind of first got into like the hosting side of things was uh, in middle school. I had to do, I had to do like, I had to make, I had to do an extra credit assignment. For my English class, and it was a poetry slam. Oh, wow. And I remember I went and read one poem. I was like, all right, that's cool. But then I saw the dude who was hosting it. And I was like, man, but the host gets the most stage time. Yeah. So I was, so I was like, so I came back the next one. I was just like, yo, I'll host the next poetry slam. And they were kind of like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to introduce people. And they were like, okay, cool. So that's what I did. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. And like, that and like, every kid wants to be a rapper, right? But like, I just ain't got no rhythm. Yeah. So I like had like a short stint of wanting to be a rapper. Who that, Who
0: are your favorite rappers growing up?
1: Oh, favorite rappers growing up. Oh man, Jay Z, because you know Jay Z is the Michael Jordan of it. Yeah. Um, I was really big. Here's the, I'm really big on like rapping Joe Budden. Like rapping Joe Budden, I am a stan. Mm. I like music. One, two, three, all that stuff. Um,
0: you will get along with my coach Campbell. Shout out Coach Jason Campbell. Coach me at Lowe, He's a coach, varsity basketball coach in Houston now. But He loves Joe Budden Dude
1: I love rapping Joe Budden I hate podcast Joe Budden Oh why? Because podcast Joe Budden is too Strategic And it's fake Mm. And it's all like Have you really been kind of following his career? He knows what he's doing With everything he's doing
0: Because he started the media stuff early 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 like webcam shit
1: Yes So like A lot of this stuff is kind of like If you've been following It's like premeditated and that's the kind of thing that irks me, but also like at the same time, like it's always cool to see people uh, reinvent themselves mm-hmm. too. So I support like the entertainer in her, in him. But I'll say this: like I ain't afraid to talk behind a microphone with him But I, I, I like Joe Budden, the rapper. Yeah. Like, his rap music has like got me through like dark places and stuff. So like that is the, <coughs> the music that that is. And then I think if I think of my top five, it goes like growing up. It goes Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z first, Kendrick Lamar. Joe Budden, the old Kanye, and I mean when I said old Kanye, I mean like Kanye pre Red Hat, like Kanye, like up until the life of Pablo. Oh, okay. That Kanye for me, and then uh, Drake. No oh, Drake, wow. You can't. I mean, come on, dude. Come on. You can't. You cannot. You can no longer deny Drake. Yeah. I don't think so.
0: I think what did it for me for Drake was Hotline Bling. It's the greatest song ever. I don't care. what Anyone Whoa. says it's one of the <laughs> that song has Why? so much replay value, bro. I play this song so much, right? My sister she had her quince in December 2017. Shout out Jacqueline. So oh, Jacqueline. so she did quince's her quince. Lit- are
1: weird.
0: Yeah, quinces are wild. That's man. a crazy culture. <laughs> so she has her quince, right? Um, she's like, hey, I want to do a dance with you, and I was like, all right. She's like, we're gonna dance the Hotline Bling with Tia. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh shit. Hell yeah So I bought the Turtleneck gotcha. sweater Got the gray sweatpants I bought some fake Tims From H&M Cause I ain't paying For real Tims That I'm gonna use For one day
1: Nobody should ever Own Tims in San Antonio Texas There's nothing No but,
0: Yeah Got it okay. <laughs> Yeah so We danced it I just love that song I don't know I don't know what it is About that damn song I just love it
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah no It's fun You're right It's right You're right Okay I did not expect That side coming out of you Out of the bot I did not Yeah I'm like that's his claim to fame. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> for me, the defining moment for Drake was uh, "Forever," the one with him, uh, oh. Kanye, Eminem, and Lil Wayne. Yeah. And when he bit Big Sean's flow <laughs> and was the best on that song, I was like, oh, "Okay, this dude's here." Like he's weird. oh yeah. He was, oh, yeah, he yeah. was like you know it's uh like a sprained ankle boy, nothing to play with. I thought that was kind of like the first time Drake delivered us quotables, where people ran back and they were like, "Yo, did you really just that?" And also, like to be on that legendary lineup.
0: Drop that mix, tape That shit sounded like right, an yeah, album. album. Oh, oh man. man! Who
1: would have thought a countrywide tour? would to be the outcome. Like that right there, and but like you gotta like, you know, a song with Eminem, Kanye, yeah. and Lil Wayne. Like, that's that's it. that's wild.
0: My freshman year of high school, um, I was going to Burbank. I was on the basketball team. We overplayed that song over and over, and you were cool if you were able to, because we knew, we knew Drake's verse, we knew Kanye's verse, we knew Wayne's verse, but if you knew the whole song, if you learned Eminem's verse <laughs> as a freshman in high school, like if you knew the whole song, you were the shit. Yeah. <laughs> and we would always fuck up. There they go. Nobody remembers Eminem's oh, <laughs> I, song. you know the last, end of each each is line. The last verse. I can't remember. It's the closing word. verse. Yeah. Because it's, first it's Drake, and then it's um, Kanye, and then it's Lil Wayne. Because that's when Space Jam Jordans were releasing, and then that's when Lil Wayne dropped that line. Yeah. Hello, it's yeah, the Lil Mosh. Yeah, Eminem and... got
1: kind of washed on that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. he, he was on the Rebirth album with, Eminem, or with Lil Wayne, and that's when it was kind of like downhill for...
1: I'm going to get up on top of We smash. You're... You're... I thought that was all right. That was, that, all that all was, all was a right. dope song.
0: <laughs> Drop the world.
1: Drop the world. That was a dope <laughs> for that one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that was a, that was a dope song, um, but my top five shit I can't even think of my. T- Kendrick's definitely number one. Kendrick he has yet to drop a whack project. Mm. Have Who you might. seen him
1: live? No, I haven't. That's why I give him the nod over Aubrey, but um, you think he's a better performer? Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I I've been to a couple of Drake shows and. They're dope when they're really good, but I've never seen Kendrick Lamar miss. And oh, nice! I was fortunate enough to see Kendrick off his damn tour in Houston, Texas, with Travis Scott opening up. That hoe oh, was that.
0: That was last year in May, right? Uh,
1: yeah. The reason
0: I know that because the ex that I was talking about earlier, she went to that concert. <laughs> oh,
1: that damn,
0: damn, she's living in my head rent free, dog.
1: <laughs> oh. oh my god. Nice. I'm going to play some Drake now. <laughs> that's what it is, bro. You said Drake too many times. I know. You started doing the Hotline Bling dance and you summoned it. That's, like <laughs> it between your head. Oh, man. that's what you do when you put the phones up. in right. your head. You just summon old thoughts and old memories. <laughs> Start calling
0: thoughts. <laughs> your old girls. Oh, oh man, no. that's funny.
1: But, well, yeah, dude, that's dope. I still need to see Kendrick yeah. live. I've seen him live with, like, 500 people. And then I've seen him at the, like, Toyota Center. And it's dope to see, like, it's always crazy to me to see people who are able to, like, convey energy. Yeah. And he, like, his energy projects, like, through the whole building. Like, it made the building, made the Toyota Center feel small. Yeah. Which was, like, it just made it feel intimate. And it's, it's crazy. And, like, front to back, as far as, like, how he ran his show, like, where the power pyrotechnics were, and giving everybody in the arena a full show, it's just cool. And, like, yeah. So, wait, so you got to Kendrick. Kendrick
0: mm-hmm. um, This is probably in no order I know Kendrick's definitely number one um, I love Man That's tough right, right off the top Kanye's definitely my top five um, I, I can't take him out like, I don't know Even though Ye was there. Eh.
1: On this day of like In this year Where are you at with Kanye? We were uh, at Yeah album. we were
0: just having this conversation Prior to probably it Probably by
1: the time Some of you were listening to this That album would already be out The Jesus is King album
0: Oh that's right Hmm. I don't know Like I talked about it with John Michael, and one of my good friends, she kind of, because we were talking about cancel culture, and I told him Kanye, even though he, he's supporting a guy who I think is a piece of shit, Kanye hasn't done it, like, he hasn't physically mm-hmm. hurt anybody, or he hasn't done anything to warrant me, like, not supporting his art, um, so I had, but my friend, she told me, she's like, well, he can hurt people, because he has a lot of influence, and I did mention on the last podcast, I'm like, hey, if, if you decide to, like, not support Kanye's art anymore because, you know, he hurt you because he's supporting this guy, you know, I'm all for that, you know, but I'm also for, you know, not allowing people to dictate who you like.
1: Okay. No, okay, cool. For sure, I'll rock with that. And, and that makes sense. I'm, yeah, I get it. Like, for me, I remember early Kanye raps where he talks about, like, something, 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 damn, like like, my Mexican homies are down for La Raza, right? And he talks about, throughout his career, these references of <clears throat> Mexican-American culture and how, you know, subtle influences and subtle drops here and little things here, yeah. which is cool, and which has a fan as a little kid, like, has a brown Mexican-American kid, you see this, you know, this superstar, yeah. and it's like, yo, he, he's an African-American man, but he recognizes us as a culture and still puts our influence in here. That's dope as hell. So that really kind of made me rock into him, and then just to see it like unfold at the height of when uh, Takashi Trump was saying his like rhetoric about brown people to come out and be like, alright, I rock with this dude. It's like, mm. okay, hold up, bro, something's not adding up. Either like, you, I kind of was like, oh, you really don't care. Yeah, you really don't care, and um, it's an interesting thing now. And I was talking to a. A successful tour DJ friend who I'll rename I'll tell you later. Yeah. But uh he was he pointed out something to me in, he was like if you kinda of look at Kanye's career, everything is kind of revolves around him and what he can make cool. Mm. The pink polos, I can make these cool, no one's mm-hmm. doing this, I'm gonna do this. The whole sample beats, I'm gonna make this cool, no one's doing this. Yeah. Pokey shoes, I'm gonna make this cool, nobody's doing this. The forty fifth hat, this is my hat, I'm gonna make this cool, nobody can do this. So I kinda of feel like now. Has a fan? I has a fan. I felt like a pawn mm. in this whole thing. So Damn. it kind of like sucked the fun out of the music. Like I wish I could like listen to the music yeah. and um appreciate the new stuff. But even like just after that happened, it kind of just sucked everything out. Damn. And uh, I, I hope, I hope, I hope that this whole like Jesus is King album, or whatever that name of the album is isn't another attempt at one of those, like, I can make anything cool things. Like, you know, when he was like, this red hat is like my Superman cape or whatever. Yeah. I hope all these, like, gospel remixes and this whole Christ-based thing (coughs) isn't just another attempt at making something else cool again. Because, like, I'm also kind of, like, sick of seeing, like, people fly off from churches in America, like, in private jets. Yeah. And stuff like that. And now he's... I guess those concerts are free. The Sunday service things are free, but I don't know. It's an iffy thing, man. Yeah. When you're when you're a millionaire and you're, you do I don't know? It's iffy. We'll see what happens.
0: No, that's true. That's true, man. Yeah. That's fair, though. I mean, I always say I'm never gonna downplay, someone's feelings or, ignore. I,
1: I, I, and I do kind of feel like something that has to speak volumes is like is like Jay Z's distance. Damn. Yeah. Like supreme distance. Like when <clears throat> Rockefeller broke up, bro, it broke my heart. I was more upset about Rockefeller breaking up than I was my parents' divorce. <laughs> oh like, shit. More definitely my mom's second divorce. Like it goes like my mom's first divorce, Rockefeller break up, her second divorce. Like mm. boom 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 like that word. So like when when they split it hurt me, but now like to see Jay Z like years later after like you know, the oldest thing and Watch the Throne stuff and then Yeah, you know, you some people say it's just because Beyonce don't like him, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. That's that's fair. Um, wow, so you're you're a legit Jay Z fan.
1: Oh, oh, like God MC, like he. Now, yeah, I, he has a club anthem. Like I look at sport, I look at hip hop and rap fat stats like I do like sports. Yeah. Right, and that's the only way I can look at it. So I feel like in every cat rap category, Jay Z's one through three. Mm. Like. Whatever you want to do, if it's flow, if it's songs, if it's, you know, we need something for the club, if it's, we need something to make you think, whatever it is, Jay-Z got something for you.
0: Do you think he shied away from the club aspect? Because I don't remember a last club
1: banger. No, nah, but you still know Big Pimpin'. Oh, yeah. And you still know, like, there's, you know, crazy things like that, dirt off your shoulder, and, yeah, it, like, hits, 99 problems, and, like, you know, like, iconic single records that you could play and would go off. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think... And also, like, you're watching the growth and evolution of hip-hop as he continues, because nobody's been able to age like him. Yeah. Like, nobody's been I'll, in this game. I was
0: scared for him when he dropped uh, Magna Carta.
1: Oh, dude, that was that was scary. That
0: was scary because I was like, "What is he? What is he doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this?" Because the concept was cool. The way he rolled out the album, like, like you had to have a Samsung phone. Yeah. I, I thought thought that was really dope. Because yeah. at that time, my broke ass had a Samsung phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I thought that was really cool. And then I heard the album, and I'm like, "What is this?" But
1: well, I mean, it wasn't the best Jay Z album. It wasn't like I still think the worst Jay Z album is. I was like, I was back up. It was definitely not the best album by far but it still had uh, the song with him and Justin Timberlake
0: I like the song with Frank Ocean
1: song with Frank Ocean and then they had uh, there's a song I think called Nichols or it's called Dimes or something at the end of it and that's oh, a yeah. really dope song and then also like the life uh, I wasn't you know I wasn't, I wasn't around for it but the life <laughs> and times of Sean Carter volume 1 that's a horrible album yeah so if people would have wrote him off there but I do I do kind of feel like eventually Drake, might, Drake will surpass him yeah Sure. As
0: the greatest of all time? Yeah, for sure. It's mm. a matter of
1: time, dog. It's a matter of time. There's kids right now who don't know, who know Michael Jordan from the meme place. <laughs> I mean place. It's just a matter of time until people realize, until all they grow up on is a decade of Aubrey Graham being the biggest artist in the world.
0: Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be the most, he's already the most famous. I think he he's already about to surpass Justin Bieber as, like, the most famous person.
1: Good. Hell, what,
0: what? Because Bieber's famous, famous, Bieber like, famous, famous. One word. But Drake is three like. Three
1: syllables, Beyonce. Like, she, like. That's true. There's Beyonce level of fame. And then they're like, if we're talking like notoriety around the world, you know who has a lot, surprisingly? Pitbull. Pit- I, I,
0: I, I, I'm I, not surprised at that.
1: Pitbull can travel the world and do concerts that only very select few artists can do. That's
0: crazy. He started off as a battle rapper, and, like, he's the one of the biggest pop artists ever.
1: And, yeah, dude, That's crazy. He was, uh, was uh, the whole, like, ever since, yeah. <laughs> shout out to, always shout out to Pitbull. And I don't, don't met when he was, like, super famous. But I heard he used it, like, when, uh, you ever hear, he has this very um, deep and profound record called Kulo. Yes. And I heard when he put that out, people were saying that he was flying around the country, like, sleeping on couches just to, like, perform that record in clubs and whatnot. So Damn. I've heard from a lot of people that said, like, yo, he 100% put the groundwork in yeah. to get everything he's getting. It. So it's, yeah. All oh, good for it. him,
0: man. That's dope. That's really dope to see that.
1: And making, like, old white ladies turn up since, like, 2002.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what did I say? Kendrick, yay. Three stacks. I love three stacks. Um, probably Ice Cube.
1: Oh, didn't I, even I, see that one. Bro, I, I love
0: Ice Cube, man. Uh, I don't know why. Oh, I've always loved Ice Cube because Boys in the Hood's my favorite movie all the time. So anything Ice Cube related. It's
1: pretty on-brand, bro. Yeah. It's pretty brand Yeah.
0: Is- I was going to wear my hoodie, actually. Yeah, dude. But I was like, it's too hot out here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be Anthony at the end of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wearing a parka. <laughs> 95 degrees outside. What the I'm hell? Dumb, dumb. <laughs> What's this guy doing? <laughs> uh, Number five would probably be... Damn. That's a, that's a toss-up, man. That the one's fifth
1: one's always the hardest because that's the one you can't get. Like, one yeah. through four, you get off the hit, and you get off right away. But yeah. the fifth, it usually comes down to five and six tie.
0: Yeah, I think I like a lot of Young. Like, right now, he's my favorite, and I'm not trying to be, like, a prisoner of the moment. But I love Jid, man. That guy's a, a really— Oh, uh, J.I.D. Yeah, J.I.D. Mm-hmm. He's a fun rapper. Like, I always tell people, I was like, right now, he's the best rapper on his label, and that's including Cole. Like, Jade can tell stories. He's fun. I just want to make sure
1: I heard that right. Yeah. Beat that
0: again. He's <laughs> the best rapper on Dreamville right now.
1: Including J. Cole.
0: Bro, the last... His first two albums that he dropped are better than Cole's first two albums. Like, Sideline Story. Sideline Story was... Eh.
1: Sideline Story was... That's a, that's, a, that's a wild comparison right now. That, that, that's like... You're almost taking like apples and oranges right there because Sideline Story was a major... Sp- record label company push and J. Cole even talks about that and like let Nas down how like he like you know they forced him to
0: make Workout
1: but, but yeah J.I.D. doesn't is it J. he doesn't D. have that pressure yeah but he also doesn't have a 2014 Fortis little drive yet like you know at the time when J. Cole dropped I think when J. Cole dropped like
0: that to me that's still his best album
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah dude no, I'm not even the biggest, <coughs> I think J. Cole makes like upbeat spoken word poetry <coughs> like I'm not even the biggest J. Cole fan He's been snapping since he did the feature with Moneybag Yo, and since he got like him and Young Thug after linked up, there's definitely been like a more aggressive rapping J Cole. No, and that's the Cole that inside. I love. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cause some of his best songs, like Killers, um, he has a bunch of songs that they're not on albums, they're not on mixtapes, they're just songs that he just put out, and those are some of his best songs. And I feel like when he approaches an album, it's kind of like. Because I hold him to a high standard, so mm. I'm very critical of him. Like that album he dropped for your eyes only, I didn't like it. I like the concept, the concept was a very it
1: was wild. Is that album dropped the same day as Post Malone's Stoney? Really, yeah, same day. And I'll never forget, I got like five, four or five songs into Stoney, and uh, that's when I uh, what's that? what's that one song where he sings about having his heart broken? Damn. <laughs> damn,
0: that sounded like Kendrick, your- damn. <laughs> nah,
1: oh, oh, man. Albert, on. you know this? Oh, it's going to bother me.
0: Uh, Albert's got that face like, I know this. Like oh, Better right? now or something like that?
1: Better? No, 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 not that one. Um, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's coming right now. It's coming right now. It is. This break is brought to you by Picnic.
0: Only, <laughs> only found in the... Apart. I Fall Apart.
1: I remember I got to I Fall Apart, and I was like, yo, this song is going to change his life. Yeah. And then that song ended up being the only song to join Whitney Houston's I Love You uh, has a song to stay, like, to rechart again a year later. Which is, like, is crazy. Wow. Looking back on it now, because, like, now the game is so different. Because, like, think about it, like, that song was out for a year before it did anything. Lizzo's song now, Truth Hurts, was released in 2007. She put it out in 2017. Yeah. So it's a crazy situation now where you have, like, a content pool of music and the next hit might already be out there. Yeah. So, I don't
0: know. Wow, that's a... Damn. Because, like,
1: that's the dope. game used to just be, like... You know, even to now, like, artists are releasing... Releasing... Releasing music, to me, is always an interesting... Yeah. Play. And how you release it and what you do with it is interesting. And I feel bad for some artists because the game's constantly changing. And... Uh, like I don't, I don't know the strategy of winning now because like what do you do like if Liz, like I said Lizzo didn't know that song was gonna take off so mm-hmm.
0: how do you feel about um Meg Thee Stallion
1: fucking dope dude she
0: just joined your your boy
1: yeah no she's dope um good look like she's she's super smart like she deserves like she's team like and then like her whole like Tina song persona too uh she's from Houston. Yeah, it's really, inspired by Pimp C, right? Yeah. Like, the movement's, like, real, like, she's authentic. she's authentic, and she's smart, and she she could bar up if she needs to. And then, like, there's so many dope chicks right now. I, is she the biggest rapper from, is she bigger than Yellow, I guess she has a bigger hit than Yellow Beezy. But, you know, her and Yellow Beezy in regards to, like, biggest artist from Texas, hottest artist from Texas right now. Yeah. Yeah, Megan Stallion it's tough. You, like, you rock with her or not? Oh,
0: yeah, dude. Um, I became a fan of her through Twitter. I just, she always popped up on my TL. I'm like, who is this? Mm-hmm. And it turns out she's from Houston. I was like, oh, she's from Houston. I have to support now. Yeah. Like, I have to support. So that means at some point, we got to get a Meg Thee Stallion and a Beyonce collab at some point now that she's with Rock Nation.
1: You would, yeah. Oh, yeah, right? That has to, that has to. I mean, she's hanging I mean, out with, like, Anna Wintour and stuff now. So, yeah, she's in that circle of yeah. Thing,
0: right? That's Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome to see artists just do that. Like, same thing with Travis. Travis from Houston. Went to UTSA for a little mm-hmm. bit. Now he's one of the biggest rappers. Did you big on Travis? Um, I, I like his music. I, I actually didn't become big on him until I went to Mala Luna. Oh. And I heard Goosebumps on these big speakers. And I'm like, this is a great song. Like, Let me give this guy a chance. Yeah. And then um, I started to listen to his older albums. Um, I think it was like Rodeo and I forgot the other one. The, it's like the dark one.
1: Uh, Birds in the Trap, at Night.
0: Yeah, that, that one. Oh, that's my favorite one. Yeah, that was a good album. And then Astro was really great. That was a fun album. Um but yeah, I, I like Travis.
1: I, I like that Travis Scott is more of like a uh like a visual artist. Oh yeah. Like, I I can't ever like I honestly cannot remember one Travis Scott lyric. Like, I don't know. it's lit
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of his one of his ad libs <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really can't remember like a Travis Scott lyric or maybe <clears throat> baby mama up in the floor, something like that. Anyway, but like once you piece everything that he does together from like the sound to the visual concept that he does like that was you know in the grand end like the end of it like astral world right yeah like that is cool as hell like i i view him not as <coughs> like a rapper yeah but just a visual artist yeah you know because like when he's making his sounds like his, <laughs> his, his <laughs> harmonizing whatever he's doing like i i i feel like he's envisioning what the video what everything's going to look like when it comes together. Yeah. So, yeah, Travis Scott is dope. Um, Like I said, I just don't know, like, one lyric from Travis Scott (laughs) this whole time. I can't either. And here's another thing I would ask you. Travis Scott, if you, for some reason, had to compare the two and pick Travis Scott or T-Pain. T-Pain. Man, that's tough.
0: And and I, I guess it's... T Pain's no, no. a monster,
1: dog. Yeah, he T-Pain? is. He has a beautiful voice. Oh, dude. T-Pain.
0: He doesn't even need auto tune, dog. Auto tune needed him.
1: <laughs> that was the most honest thing you said all night. <laughs> I could tell that you felt that from here. Yeah.
0: And I'm super pissed off. I missed his, his freaking concert at Aztec. Mm, yeah. I was so mad. But T Pain's incredible, dude. And I'm like, glad he's doing well now, especially like early on in his career where he got kinda got fucked over financially.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, hold on some stuff. And, yeah. I mean, dude, T pains a monumental like I think he has the record tied with Alvis for most songs in like the top one hundred at one time.
0: Holy shit. Anthony's a fucking stat generator, dog. Like Just like just like Like m- when with me with sports, that's him with music. That's fucking incredible, like how he's able to like just
1: Oh man, but definitely take it at like the word of the mouth though, with like a big ass grain of salt. Like, <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like,
0: motherfucker! Yeah, yeah, Google it up, Google
1: it up, bro. I don't know. Uh,
0: like, uh, or as John Michael says, <laughs> do your
1: Google's doggy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude, that's all I said to a cop one time. Worse. <laughs> oh my god, you wanna hear a funny radio story? So, I was doing, this is when I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, doing nights, and we had an afternoon guy, and at the time, he was going through a situation with his lady that nobody knew about. Yeah. Right? And I guess he was calling old girl from work. Boom boom. boom blowing her up from work. Bop, bop, I come in and do my shift after he gets out. Nobody knows what's going on. Like nobody knows what's going on in the building. This is right. Next thing I know she has the, she tells the cops, Hey this person's harassing me from this number, call up. Now I'm doing my night show thinking like we're getting callers, blah blah blah, I get a call, boom. Excuse me, who are you guys making random calls from this phone number? Blah 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 blah. Like, oh, you calling a radio show, you trying to prank me? <laughs> yeah, you better do some fucking. You, this is whack. Click, hang up on him. Calls oh, right back. Boo, excuse me, sir. We're getting calls. Duh, 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 duh. And like, I'm cocky as hell because I really think it's somebody trying to prank me. Yeah. And he's explaining the situation that I've never heard about. And I remember I told the officers like, "Yo, my name is Anthony A. Do your Google's if you're gonna do a call back of the prank call, be better." He goes, "How about I just go over there right now, sir?" I said, "Well, bring it over here." Sure enough, Whoop, whoop. He showed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> And I don't think he realized it was a radio station either, so he uh, I was just talking hash yeah. shit to him, and uh, yeah, that's the that's the time on my <laughs> night show where I told the police uh, to do your googles. And roll up to the station if he's about it, and he fucking did it, dude. What shame. was that
0: conversation like when y'all, like...
1: We yeah. laughed, because he was like, oh, I was like, oh, and I was like, and he was like, you are and he's he like... And then, I felt bad for my coworker the next day, because he went, and he's like, is anybody making calls from here, or what's going on? And I was just like, nah, and he's like, well, when do you get here? And I, I told him, I get here not till 8 o'clock, yeah. and that's when they realized all the calls were happening from 4 to 6, and... You know the homie didn't work there anymore. <laughs> oh shit, dude, that's funny. My <laughs> like, homie didn't work there no more. So, um, you know, I hope he's doing good in his love life, or I don't know. I, I think that relationship was done. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did
0: you venture radio? Was that in college? Was that? Nah,
1: dude, never. Um, I always wanted. I was so before I got into radio, I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, going to college at the University of New Mexico, and then I was like. Freelancing. I was on unsupervised probation, mm. right, from a legal situation I got into a year before that. Yeah. And so I couldn't work at the radio station. I was homies with Automatic. Yeah. I don't to apply, but I was gonna get a job there. So I was like, "Fuck it." I grabbed my my <clears> camera, and I started just filming my own interviews. Oh, nice. And I, I started off interviewing like local radio DJs. Yeah. And then eventually, one of them like kicked the back door open for me and was like, "Yeah, Yo, you can interview whatever artists. will hang out here." And there's a Wiz Khalifa was touring and it was Yellow Wolf was opening up for him. Damn. And like the first kind of break I got, interview-wise for somebody that wasn't like a local person was with uh, Yellow Wolf. Really? Yeah, he was like my first real interview where me and him sat down and we chopped it up for like fifteen minutes. And that was the first kind of interview I ever did, and at the time like I was doing a lot of interviews on YouTube, and um,
0: yeah, I saw your Mac Miller one. Yeah. That yeah, was like twenty eleven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like then I was
1: like doing a lot of stuff, and that that interview was wild because that was right before uh he put out uh what was it? good good uh what's the one with Donald Trump on it? He has a song Donald Trump on it. I don't know that
0: mixtape. Edward, do you mm-hmm. know?
1: I can't mm-hmm. think of it, but it was right before he played. Cause I know he played uh, Donald Trump for me, but it wasn't the uh, Kids. I think it's not Kids. It's the one after Kids. Um, he played the. It was an unreleased version of Donald Trump. and the versions were different on it. But, yeah, so that was that. So I was I was doing that stuff. And honestly, dude, I was really trying to get to, like, the East Coast. I wanted, like, work for, like, Complex. Oh, nice. And, or something like that, or, like, The Ringer or do something like that. That's what I was really nice. trying to get back to. And then I was doing stand-up comedy at the time. And it was kind of going, well. like, I don't know, bro. I, was, I can't, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> rap.
0: I saw the one where you're, like, you have your shirt tucked in, and you have a tie, and you you had said, "My name's Anthony A." And then apparently, like, there's a sex offender that has the same name or something. Oh like
1: man, that. <laughs> damn, yo! I wish you'd have told me you were gonna intro that joke on the sorry. podcast. before I was like, yo, yeah, nah, okay. Another reason I go by Anthony A. is. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> <laughs> no, you found that out. Oh. The
0: delivery on that was fucking did, perfect.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, uh, so another reason, so <laughs> along with the things my mom didn't plan out with <laughs> my birth, uh, was my name, yeah, Anthony Almondson <laughs> belongs to another man who's slightly older than me, and he's a registered sex offender in Mesa, Arizona. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so that's why another reason I could have put Anthony Almondson on flyers because I didn't want people at the time, like, he was the top search on Google. Holy shit! So like, my main mission in this whole like, entertainment, <clears throat> atmosphere is just to knock that motherfucker off of Google.
0: Dude, that's same here. I want to do. There's a baseball player who played for the Angels for like a couple years. Jose Arredondo, and I'm like, I want to be the top search. I want this mother. I want right this Dominican here. dude out of here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Don't say
1: that too loud, bro. Okay. I don't like Kanye. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I was actually a fan of his.
0: I was a fan of his as a kid. I was like, this guy is my name, dog. I'm going to follow this guy everywhere. <laughs> that
1: funny, that. oh, man. Yeah, no, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. You pulled the joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. that was that was a real story. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was just doing stand-up, and also I was kind of balancing the two. Yeah. And um, I had won this contest for the spokesperson position where I would drive around. All the credit unions, so all the credit unions of New Mexico, mm-hmm. and like host like millennial events for them and put like a design like millennial checking campaigns for them and oh, totally. like do different things for them. So I was doing that, and then about a year after that, they uh, Dana had a co host who was super dope, my homie Steel Candy, and they had let him go. And so she didn't have a co host for a while, so she just invited me up one day. She's like, Hey, come just come, you know, give us some talk, yeah. And me and her went back and forth. And that kinda turned into like, yo, come come back up in a couple of, like more weeks. And then that turned into like, alright, well you can just come up here whenever you want. And then that turned into like Dana being like, Hey, Cedric the Entertainer's coming. Do you want to open up for him? Oh shit. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what I said. I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, one like, of
0: the original kings of comedy. Alright, I was
1: like, What? I was like, I don't know him, I don't have a real I only uh. She's like, Don't worry about it, we're just gonna throw you in there. Damn. And sure enough she told him and she was like, Yo, this guy's running the city You need to have him open up, so Cedric was like, Yo, come up. And open up. He called me out like on the radio. He was like, tell town, we'll come on. We're gonna put him up there." And so I went up there, and I, I did good. And then after that, like they kind of let me come up there to the radio station whenever I wanted. Yeah. And then that turned into like a. This is like a two month span. Damn. So I'm like working like a full time gig. Yeah. Then doing the blogging, then doing other stuff. So it's like just constant. And uh, they offered me a night show, so I did nights for like six months.
0: So Dana is also, and D- Dana and Automatic are both from New Mexico as well.
1: Nah, Dana's from Big Spring, Texas. She's a West Texas girl. Okay. And Automatic, he's like, he's from Minnesota, but he, lived, he grew up in New Mexico in Santa Fe, which is like an hour north of Albuquerque, where I'm from. Yeah. And uh, they met, I think they met in Houston doing radio. Oh, wow. Dana, Dana, Dana and Otto were in Houston for like what I call like the Houston Renaissance too, like the Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Mike Jones era. <laughs> They were on air and all that stuff. That's badass. Out there in Houston. So they have, like, crazy stories with, like, all the chameleon air, and she's cool with all of them. Here,
0: lizard, lizard,
1: lizard. (laughs) All that. So, yeah, they met out there, and then then they were just, uh, they were in Houston, and then when they started hooking up, and they got, and Otto knocked her up, they fucking split the show up and sent her back to Albuquerque. And then Otto eventually moved back home, and then five, I don't know how long they were there but uh, that's how I lived up with them out there that's dope man yeah and then um, and then they called us like six months into me being on mornings they called us into a meeting and I thought I was getting fired and uh, cause radio happens like that bro you don't yeah. get no <laughs> radio don't give you no like hey man you get two week like notice nah it's, you walk in one day and you know there's a do, box don't, don't yeah don't do your shift you know or for us it was like hey we walked upstairs and we're like you guys wanna go to San Antonio wow and uh yeah, I was like, let's, let's run it, and uh, that's how I've been doing it. And I wasn't really full. Radio was never a full time passion until I got here to San Antonio, which is like, like that four years ago.
0: So how old were you at the time?
1: 24,
0: 25? Uh, yeah, 24, twenty four, but to turn twenty five, yeah, twenty four. Oh wow. Um. Another another thing about San Antonio. Um. Do you feel like San Antonio's kind of slept on as a music city? Ah, uh, ah. Or you think that? You know that.
1: It depends on the genre of music. For okay. Sure. Because like, if you're talking like, obviously like cumbias and all that stuff, like, nah, hell nah. Like, yeah. the Tejano stuff lives here. Yeah. So that's not, like, the live music aspect of it is not. Now, if we're talking like the hip hop side of stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: slept on? No. No? Okay. I feel like it just haven't had any, like, you know, it's not in their looks, it's not in their people who've gotten opportunities. Yeah. And, um,. It's hard, bro. It's hard, now. It's harder than ever to make it past that, even at a regional level. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Texas. Texas is big as hell. You got, you got, I could name like 10 talented artists just in San Antonio alone. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot to split up here. And, um, uh, I don't think it's slept on. I just think it, it needs a pop. It needs someone to get a hit. It needs, you know, and you got people like, like I said, like, you got, like, everyone from, like, Blake to who, like, uh, there's, like, all those, like, alternative rock groups that come out of here, too. Yeah. That are super popping, right? From, like, them to, like, people like Xavier Omar, you know, and then you have, like, what, like, John Michael's doing on, like, the production side of things, too, yeah. right? And then you just have, um, so much other things constantly in motion. It's just, like, you just need one of those things to go. Yeah. And then Xavier hit, Blake to hit, uh, you know, John keeps putting out the production he's doing, like, that could be its own thing. Yeah. And, um, no, I, I I don't think it slept on. I just don't think it's, like, had a reason to wake up yet.
0: Yeah. Um, I saw one of your interviews that you did, it was kind of recently, you were talking about how uh, one of your main goals is to have, or is to have a late night show. Mm-hmm. Um, were you watching late night shows as a
1: kid? For sure, dude. I Because uh, uh, Jay Leno always put after The Simpsons. And I, I was, my mom would let me watch The Simpsons before I went to bed. And yeah. I would always catch Jay Leno's opening monologue. And uh, I never, like, as a kid, I didn't know, like, what a joke was, or I didn't know why people laughed at things, but I knew <clears> I liked <throat> when you said stuff, and it made people laugh. Yeah. And I knew, like, like, again, like, I saw the host. That's kind of where I got the idea for the poetry sign thing I told you about, like, the host talks to everybody. Like, I was looking at Jay Leno, sit there, and I'm like, yo, people keep going to this guy, like, no matter what the star is, they're coming to him, so I'd rather be that dude. And... I'll never forget the first time I got grounded for watching Jay Leno. Um, I call him. I, I memorized a joke from Jay Leno, and I called my mom at her office, and I said, "Hey mom, put me on speakerphone to tell you this joke." And I was like, "I oh, dude, I was like six, seven years old. And first of all, there's a lot of things wrong with the situation. I was at home by myself, so that's on her, okay? <laughs> again, don't call, you.
0: don't call the New Mexico CPS on her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> She'll just be like, yo, bring him some food. Uh, <laughs> nah, but she's like, oh, no I'm like hey, mom, I got this joke. I'm gonna tell you this. And she's like, alright, she throws me on the speakerphone. i was like, yo, mom, what's the difference between Bill Clinton and the Titanic? Right? And she was like, and I could hear her be like, Ugh. I don't know if she was away from the speaker or what, but she didn't press, like, stop. So I was just like, only 245 women went down on the Titanic. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it. I don't know if that's a fact I don't know if that, like, I got to spin that number up now But I know like I said the right number at the time And uh,
0: I hope Hillary Clinton don't listen to this <laughs> Well she
1: can't get mad truth But uh, <laughs> she can't believe that Or she can do whatever I'm right uh, And I know at that moment When I, got, like, I heard them laugh like, I heard the office laugh And I was like I don't know what I did I didn't understand the, concept, the context of the joke yeah. But I was like okay I want to do this and oh, wow. Jay Leno, that was, like, a big inspiration for me. And, like, I still want to, like, I just enjoy talking to people, bro. It's yeah, like, same mean so I'll talk to, like, a wall for two hours. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've always wanted to kind of be, like, a late-night host. And that's always kind of been. And then, like, also, though, like I was really hev- – later on in my life, I was really heavily influenced by, like, Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart. Mm. And their abilities, like especially during, like, the 2012 campaign, <laughs> their yeah. abilities to deliver information and news – uh, using the satire and humor, yeah, like that was like I was like, oh, you could actually educate people with this shit, yeah, and you could actually like, you know, do something with it. And like for me, it's like I don't know, George Lopez had a show, and that was cool, but uh, yeah, I just want to do something different with it and eventually get there. And like, who even knows, right? Because the game is changing so much. It's like you can make the argument that Joe Rogan right now is the biggest late night TV show host. I, I know do. more people watch that show than any other show. Yeah, that show gets. And that's on. That's on YouTube. The game is changing, so whatever the game comes to it now, like, I'm open to like. All right, I get my own. Game. Albert,
0: listens to Joe Rogan all the time.
1: I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. Like I, I go home and like sometimes like I catch myself listening to Joe Rogan. I am like, what the fuck am I listening to? A comedian talk about outer <laughs> space? They're healthy, but, Uh No, nah, Joe Rogan like, he's just in that little. The game came to them again. So it's like. Yeah, the
0: dude's everywhere. Like, you, Fear Factor, UFC, like, dude's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to avoid him. And he's one of those where it's like, he should be bigger. I mean, obviously, he's huge, but like, you would think he'd be a bigger, like, on a mainstream level. But like, he
1: has, like. I, I, I like. I mean, what he. Like, he went through it too when he first launched with UFC. He yeah. talks about, you know, having to do all the gigs. But I would love to get to a point where he's at his career where, like, you could pick and choose where you want to express your creativity and right. energy, right? Like, that's, like, in my opinion, that's just the ultimate goal of, like, not having to worry about the financials and just be like, I could just do my art and know what it's going to generate. That's yeah. kind of, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Are there I'm
0: any sure. shows right now that you like other than
1: Joe Rogan? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> the funniest show, period, I think, is this uh, Real Bros of Simi Valley. Oh, There's my god. Gosh. Never watched Facebook Watch. Real Girls of Simi Valley on Facebook Watch is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. And um, where he wants to fight
0: the baby? Yes. He wants to bite the baby. <laughs> Steezing with your vans. <laughs>
1: so that's good. And obviously, like what Diesel and Meryl and them do is dope.
0: Yeah, I love Diesel and Meryl. Um,
1: what they do is amazing. And uh, like I like, yeah, man. I, I, it's kind of really kind of it. Really, and yeah. outside of that, I make my own content. You know, that's the weird thing about like all this con- quote unquote content now, right? Is like, you could get caught watching or just listening and not creating mm. which is scary to me. I, I freak out when I just start only watching. Yeah. And also like I've been I've been a big fan of DC Mr Live, I wouldn't say DCM are like a heavy influence on me. Just because like I, I remember I was listening to them at my job on their original podcast on Complex. Yeah. So I've kind of been following their wave since the since the rip. Damn. And Damn. now I don't really watch them anymore because I feel like I know where their jokes are gonna go.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like the Showtime show. I like the I like it when they were on uh, Vice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more authentic. Um, but I mean shout out to them but for I getting mean, the it's, ba-
1: just, it's just like an interesting thing to have like a quote unquote try to have a quote unquote late night show with all these different streaming services. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's why I think like something like Rogan has or like what if you could get something on Facebook I'm trying to love Facebook watch. Oh yeah. That's Like bad. fuck the bullshit. I'm trying to be on Zuckerberg's platform. Yeah. So see what happens,
0: but. You were talking about how music kind of helped you in dark times like Joe Budden's music um, did comedy do that for you
1: oh yeah man definitely like it helped me like express express pain in any manner and help you like really overcome something like when you yourself can laugh at something and then you can invite other people to come laugh at it and yeah. all laugh together that's really like in my opinion the definition of overcoming something mm. but I will say like i Early on, like, I feel bad. Like, I thought I... I thought my relationship with my dad, trying to get that out through comedy, I thought I was, like... I felt bad on that. I look back on that, and, like, I was not as funny as I thought I was. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes were just mean. Ooh. pain that I had. Yeah. And it didn't come off as witty as I thought. Yeah. So, like, that whole, like, getting through dark times with comedy is a scary thing because you could really hurt people when you're saying things as a hurt person. So, um... Yeah, nah, I try to, like, right now, I try to generate most of my comedy off of, like, you know, life happens between A and B, and the funny shit happens in the middle. Yeah. So we can just highlight that stuff a little bit.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Um How's um, been hosting Jokesters been like? Man, it's cool,
1: dude. Go out, shout out to Jokester22. Open mic every single Thursday. I may, or not, I may or may not be there. Like, my father. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, not, uh, open mic is good, dude. Like, if you've never been out to an open mic. Night period. I encourage you just to get to any open mic. But uh open mic comedies, you know, that's that's where you gotta get better. That's where you get your stripes, that's where you work your material, that's where you say things that should that you're like, fuck, okay, I'm not gonna say that in front of a paid crowd. But uh it's it's gotta me better. And it's just the sheer fact of having a place to go work out every every week. Yeah. Is as a comic, you know, and, and like <laughs> the cool thing about that room is like you don't need too much it's too much people in there to get it. Moving, yeah, and to get a feel for your jokes. So um, it's been going good, and now we have it. I think it's like a within the Texas comedy scene. I think it's like a you know a known open mic. It's a known mic that if people are tr- are passing through on a Thursday night in San Antonio, they're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll stop at jokesters and oh, get dope, on stage, man. and like that's live as a comic. That also is like one of the most rewarding feelings too, is being able one to have the ability to open up the doors to be like, all right, we have a stage. It's our Like, let's have some fun here. And then also seeing people who, <laughs> it's cool. Because you'll see people as a person who will go check out a stand-up. Like, they'll, my, they'll check it out for, like, two weeks. And they'll mm-hmm. sit there and they'll watch. And I'll be like, yo, dude, get up. Just go. Just yeah. go. And then eventually, you know, we've had some people that that's how they started. And now they're six months in and they're still doing it. That's dope, and man. It's, just, it's really interesting to see the different reasons why people do it. And, uh, yeah. No, I yeah, shout out to open mic comedy and any any comic who feels that like they could get just go straight to like the main stage without having to get those reps in, it's just not you yeah. can't get around the reps because like I uh, gotta apply it to like um I guess how I'll say this, the open mic ex- hosting the open mic for a year has given me the uh, business and the real world experience of what the comedy what a comedy job is like. Yeah. Because right? you have you think about the problems that go wrong at your workplace. Yeah. Like, that happens before stage, so you just got to be prepared to handle all those. And it's throwing several different situations at me. Like, mics, microphones going out, people not showing up, different things, and it's just like, you know, you're ready for whatever.
0: Um, (laughs) what was the first time you ever bombed?
1: Oh, man, first time I, like, a known bombing. Yeah. I (laughs) dude, I'm fucking, man. In comedy, they call it eating dicks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, last year, I had to call my mom almost crying. Be like, Mom, I going to eat some dicks. I want to eat a bunch of dicks. I going to eat a bunch of dicks. Like, what do you mean? Like, nobody came to my comedy show. and I got to eat a bunch of dicks. I did a comedy show on Astral World Night. Oh, shit. Worst. I, but I was committed to the date. And I was like, You're a professional comedian. Your friends are still going to show up to support you. Hell no. There was nobody in there but me and the bartender. <laughs> it was Damn. Um, but the first real heckling. The first real heckling I ever got, um, I had two shows, one in El Paso, did good. Another one in Albuquerque, New Mexico, did great. Got invited out to a comedy contest. Winner got $100 and to open up for Mike Epps. And I'll never oh, shit. Forget, I walk in there, my friend Trey, shout out to Trey, was just back from Afghanistan. And he had heard, like, yo, I heard you doing stand-up comedy, You got a little buzz. Ooh, dude, ooh, I'm going to come watch you. Back from overseas, survived. Damn. and he's coming out I'm like alright they're gonna fucking kill it mind you coming out two hot shows bro two hot shows and this is like comedy so humbling and uh me and my friend before we head up to the show we go yo I already know what I'm gonna say I already know it's gonna work let's drink this whole bottle of lemon sprin vodka that's the best thing to do so we pound we polish this whole bottle between me, him, and his baby mama and then my friend Trey meets us so I'm lit I walk in there <laughs> Now, comedy shows aren't that hard to throw. They're very easy to fuck up. All you really need is a spotlight and a microphone and a stool. Yeah. Not hard, but very easy to fuck up because these guys, they didn't have that. They had DJ lights, which is like the revolving, like red and blue fluorescent lights, which like either like you look like a Talatubby or you look like a Smurf when you (laughs) talk to people. So that's weird. And then there wasn't really anybody in there to begin with. And then the people who were in there were about like 10 feet back. So it was a shit show from the rip, Fuck. and I get up there, and this is the first time that I've experienced, like, every show up until that point was well produced, well, produced, well put together, like, the it, had, it was well ran, that was not, and that was the first time I ever went to a bad booking, and I, oh, my set got worse, it just was going downhill, because I wasn't that funny at the time, I had that much material, and I was never forget this lady in the back just goes, you ain't even funny, Mexican? <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, just big black lady just go, You ain't even funny Mexican I just started sweating. I just I felt myself deteriorate on stage. Oh shit, man. Yeah. I still haven't seen my friend Trey. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yo, he was like, I survived Afghanistan, I ain't gonna stay to the end of this shit. He was like out, So Damn. yeah, that, that was um ever since then I don't drink on stage no more. <laughs> I don't I don't drink on stage at all. Or try not to
0: anymore. Are there any Who are your inspirations as a a comedian? Like, stand-up.
1: I mean, you gotta, like, I feel like you just have to mention Chappelle, right? Yeah. And, um, but, like, uh, who else? There's Chappelle, Dane Cook. When I seen Dane Cook's, uh, I want the the lights, man. I want the lights. I want the stars. I want the the AT&T Center sometime. Yeah. I want to come down that. So when I seen Dane Cook, uh, vicious circle, and he walks out of the Boston, Boston into the Boston Garden, which yeah. is his hometown. Uh, when I saw him do that, and I run to the stage with like you know the athlete's introduction energy. Yeah, and I was like, yo, I want that. Mm. Like so, that kind of really influenced me. Then Kevin Hart, just like when he had when Kevin Hart was coming up early on before he got to this just astrolog, like you know, he's he's just yeah
0: like, he's a superstar.
1: Yeah, he's he's not. I think super Like the yeah. level of fame that he's at is like. Him and The Rock. Yeah, him right? and The Rock are super it's, famous. It's like that. When he was coming up doing his specials, though, like, he was just a monster, and he did it in a way where, like, it was really inviting comedy. It was a grown adult comedy, but it wasn't, like, it didn't have no race. and It had nothing like that. It was just... Yeah, his, it's like, and so him and his family. Kevin Hart, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Carlos Mencia. I'll always shout-out Carlos Mencia. I don't care what anybody say about Carlos Mencia. I'll shout-out Carlos Mencia, because that's the first big homie who, like, put me on a show, like, just come up and do some time, like, talk to me, like, a comic. Like, yeah. I didn't think, I was like, oh, I'm up and coming, I'm not this. He talked to me, like, come on, do some time with me. Where was like, this at? In Albuquerque, New Mexico. First oh, shit. Show, uh, he invited me out, and I was like, well, what are you doing, like, the casino? Are you doing like the small room? He's like, no, we're doing 2,500. Damn. Threw me on stage, 2,500 people. Never really even seen me before, but uh, during a radio interview, me and him hit it off,
0: and was this after um the Cedric Day Entertainer or before? Way after. Okay, okay.
1: But, like, still, like, the Cedric Day Entertainer was only like, 300 people. Oh, okay. Right? But this was, like, 2,500. Damn. And, like, sold out. Like, a hot crowd. And he threw me out there. And every every single time that I've been with Carlos Mencily, he's put me on stage, if I ask. And he's put me to the test. And he's pushed me. And he's, like, hey, he, <laughs> he's heckled me to, like, see me get better. Yeah. And I know that, you know, he has his, like his history in the business or whatever, but yeah. I could never say anything negative about that man and, um yeah Carlos Mencia for sure. Oh nice. Carlos Mencia definitely opened up some doors.
0: Do you do you have your top five or no? Or um like just like
1: has a fan? I like I have to say like it's always like like now. Like it's kinda like this like it goes like Chappelle Chappelle, Lenny Bruce. You know what Lenny Bruce is? Yeah. The Shout big out dude. to the train baby, real Southside shit. <laughs> <laughs> That
0: damn train—it's been in every podcast. <laughs> Shit, I need to be sponsored by the the Union Pacific Yard. <laughs> Shit. Oh, um, <laughs> get that steel money over there. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah, you
1: know who Lenny Bruce. Is? Yeah, he's a big dude, right? No, 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 Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce is from the fifties. Oh no. Kind of like, I'm you know thinking I'm of mo- the other
0: Bruce, uh, the black dude. Oh, Bruce Bruce? Yeah, Bruce yeah, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. No, That's no, what I'm I, thinking I'm about. Bruce
1: Bruce. Shout out to uh, my homie Bryson Brown who opens up for him though. Nice. We had him at jokes recently. A very funny comic from Houston, Texas, and he features for Bruce Bruce around the country. That's bad but He's ass. based in Houston and he comes to San Antonio often. But um, no Lenny Bruce, comic I think from '56, I yeah. pretty much like the godfather of the, for the style of comedy that we have now, mm. and like was getting arrested for like obscenity on stage and sh- and stuff like that. So Lenny Bruce, Dave Chappelle. um Kevin Hart, uh, damn, this gets hard. Cause like Gabriel Iglesias, I think Gabriel Iglesias is a well-rounded comic. And have you like, seen his TV show? Not the one on Netflix. It's really good. Yeah, I've seen that one, and I, I, I'm gonna have to give my my fifth and last spot to a like a personal favorite. It might have to be like Anthony Jeselnik. <laughs> Jezelneck. Really, I don't even know if I wanted to say that, like if I believe that, yet but yeah. Is that you?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> like, is that, your, is, that, is that your, is that your comedy no, I name? Wish. I wish, I it was funny. I was like, <laughs>
1: Jeslonek.
0: <laughs> a very funny comic. So nice. Shoot, I always think about my my favorites, the people that I had access to growing up. Cause I mean, I didn't have cable, so whatever. My like, we would have. I remember we had the burnt CD of um, While You Crying.
1: I feel like everybody had that. I had that too. <laughs> I for got sure. it.
0: I got it from this baseball field on the south side. You know CD. I, I'm
1: gonna take out I'll put Jay Leno in there. Just I oh, Jay Leno, I, okay. I kind of put Jay Leno in there. So, <coughs> okay, so why are you crying? I mean, because, dude, I love George Lopez Yeah. I love him, but I feel like everything has kind of been the same since Why are You Crying? Yeah. But Why Are You Crying is, you can't ignore that. Yeah, thing. it's
0: vital, man. That's a, it's very important. But my favorite, he's not even in my top five. Like, mine would be Chappelle, Cat Williams. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of mm-hmm. Cat Williams' stand-ups. Cat Williams oh, is dude. fucking you hilarious. Dude, I love Cat Williams. I think he's such a brilliant comic.
1: My, oh man, such a hot take I have. <laughs> yeah. And like, have you really paid attention to the specials? He doesn't really have a bad one.
0: No, the, the one he did in, uh, was it Florida? Mm-hmm. That one was great too. He doesn't
1: really have any bad specials.
0: People were trying to critique it. I was like, that was a great freaking stand-up. Especially for, like, after all the bullshit he went through to come back and do that. I thought that was a, a great um, comeback for him. And then <laughs> he flamed that radio host. <laughs> Bro, that shit was so funny. That was so... Oh, wow. Yeah, so Cat Williams. Uh, I became a fan of Bill Burr like the last two years. Because he's always on Conan. Mm. And I love Conan. Conan's my guy. Like, So Man. when you're talking about Jay Leno, it really hurt me. Uh, <laughs> uh, nah, nah, nah,
1: nah uh, you ever heard of Deon Cole? He's on, he's on Conan a lot. Blackbeard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He talks, like, he opened up my eyes, we interviewed him for the radio show, and he talked about Conan in the same light that I talked, like, more than I talked about Jay Leno, because he actually worked with Conan. I didn't know Conan went to Harvard. Yeah, dude. And Conan, wrote for the Simpsons. And, like, Dion Cole was saying, like, when you're talking to Conan, and the stuff that he's doing on air is, like, a very dumbed-down version of him. And he was saying that the level that that man understands comedy is just like no other. So don't get it twisted. Respect Conan.
0: Yeah, I love Conan, man. And it was crazy because I wasn't into late-night TV. Like I said, I only had access to what I had access to. Um, I would watch Jimmy Kimmel every now and then because during the NBA Finals afterwards, Mm -hmm. he'd be on. Didn't really care for him. I was more engaged with Guillermo (laughs) because he's like your Theo. But um, I remember when the whole Jay Leno-Conan fiasco happened in the late 2000s, and then Conan left um, NBC. And I saw he was coming to TBS. And this was around the time my mother had passed away. I was 15 at the time. And uh, I had just moved in with my sister. We, we moved from the west side, you know, across town. And I um, remember they, they were, like, marketing the fuck out of Conan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who is this guy? And like, I mean, I've seen him on TV before, but I was like, let, let me check him out. I was fucking laughing my ass off. I was like, who the fuck? Like, how yeah. come I've never seen this guy? So since then, I've been <laughs> loyal to Conan since 2010.
1: Dude, Conan's a monster, man. And what's the sidekick's name, Andy?
0: Andy Richter? Yeah. Andy dude, Andy, Andy Richter's funny. Oh, I forgot that Andy Richter was in Scary Movie 2. He's the priest.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> when they're doing the fucking um, the Exorcist shit. Yeah, he is, I was like, that's Andy kid. Richter, <laughs> dude. What the fuck? And then I listened to his podcast. Um, dude, he's had a lot of great conversations. Like he had, um, he had Howard Stern. That was mm. probably my favorite. Because Howard Stern was talking about how he always wanted attention as a kid. And his father never gave it to him. He's like, yeah. but he saw his, because his, his father had a studio, he had like artists who would perform there, and he said um, his eyes would light up, his father's eyes would light up whenever he was in the studio, so that's why he gets behind the microphone and he gets in the studio, and Didn't that's why that. Howard Stern does his thing, and I was like, holy shit, man, that was deep, dude. That was heavy. That was heavy, and like, he, he said that on Conan's podcast, and I was like, holy shit, dude.
1: I wish Howard Stern would return to FM radio, Yeah, because it would put a lot of fake Howard Stern radio hosts out of business. Yeah. And there's a lot of fake, <laughs> there's a lot of fake, want to be like uh, Howard Stearns out there in the airwaves. Yeah. Howard Stearns is a goat,
0: <coughs> Dude, there's a reason why the dude's basically a billionaire, man. Like,
1: he he is half as serious. FNC. Yeah. So, and now Conan, I mean, yeah. I mean, that he if there was a Mount Rushmore or with radio people, he should be. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: He should have his own, yeah, his, his, his a, own, own mountain. His own mountain. Yeah, and yeah. Everything yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's fantastic but like yeah it's Cat yeah. Williams who else did I say um, oh Richard Pryor is another one Dave Chappelle mm. uh, Bill Burr um, and I've been liking him lately and I, and I saw uh, he was on a podcast recently he was on um, Talib Kweli's podcast um, Godfrey that dude's really oh. he's so fucking Man. funny He's... He
1: and Dana hung out with Godfrey for like two hours one time at the station. I don't know if like, they forgot to pick him up Yeah. or what. Yeah, Godfrey's cool as hell. <laughs> uh, Godfrey's dope. Um, real, real like New York ass comic. Yeah. Like he is a new, that's your definition of like a New York. Like if you want somebody and you want to hear like crazy New York comedy stories and just like how that whole scene works out. He told me something that he got told to change his perspective and it altered mine. He told Seinfeld, he was at the time opening up, him and Seinfeld were doing a show overseas. And, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Godfrey, he was coming, Godfrey said he had been doing it for like nine years at the time. And he thought he was. He high. says
0: your age is. Your age your is age,
1: your age and how, how long you've been doing it is how old you are in stand up. Think about mm. that and apply that to your normal thing. So he's like, you're a nine year old in this shit. And at the time, that only made me a six year old. Damn. Bro, Fucking eight, what a big ass dude! <laughs> 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 yeah, so, hung um, like a horse. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing changed it. And uh, yeah, shout out to man. He's amazing. Oh
0: wow, that's that's incredible. Um, I say I saw that one of your goals is to release a, a tape. Is that what
1: you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um So at, by 2020, I want to put out 12 minutes of comedy on all music streaming platforms. Oh, dope. And uh, the goal as of right now is it's going to be called A Rat's Tale. And I'm gonna be dedicated to my rat tail, and if I nice. can crack over like a thousand streams on it, we're gonna go ahead and cut the rat tail.
0: Oh shit! Yeah.
1: Also, just gotta cut the rat tail. I gotta grow up. You know what I'm saying? It's becoming my, uh, coming like a motherfucking, uh, like a motherfucking uh, ponytail, and that's, that's a little something I can't do. So yeah, we got a rat tail dropping uh, by the, 2020.
0: The hood rat tail. The hood rat tail, dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I want to put that out. And I want to put a body of stand-up out. And um, trying to position it back to like how we talked about like, releasing music. You know, stand-up albums. You could go number one on iTunes as a comedian if you do it right. Yeah. And uh, that's the goal with that. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, the goal is to put that out and keep performing live. Like, You know, just to see what happens. How would you describe your style of comedy? Um, I, I think it's been described uh, as... Sarcastically charming and brash. Ooh, I, think that's, I like that's, that. That I didn't come up with that myself. I'm not that yeah. witty. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, you know, I, I I try to be who I am on air, on stage, just amplified, and uh, it's 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 like fun energy. It's not like a dark, you know, grim show. Like it, it's, I try to be upbeat and we try to have a good time and the way I look at it is like if we could get together we all got a bunch of crazy shit going on, right? Yeah. So if I'm blessed enough to have these people give me their attention mm-hmm. in 2019 that's more than money. If, you, if I could have you put your phone down for 10 minutes and look at me and talk and we could share an experience and forget about the outside world yeah. then that's what that's what the goal is with this whole thing and how I kind of like try to deliver my comedy is like let's let's forget about whatever shit's going on outside right now and just laugh about this right now I'd like be positive and you know everything positive except pregnancy tests. You know <laughs> so yeah.
0: We live in a, a world where, kind of had to walk on eggshells. Does that affect your
1: comedy at all? Nah, cause you just gotta come up through it. So it, I it, I feel bad for the homies who like used to be able like if you like there's some jokes like from legends like Chris Rock, he has that Fergie B A N A S banana joke right? Yeah. And he goes into the whole, the whole F word. And. Like, that joke doesn't hold up. Like, a lot of early Eddie Murphy stuff, like, if you look at it, it's like, oof, that's yeah. rough. But, so I guess if I have grew up in a time where it was different, it might be different, but nah, it's just, I, I don't think I don't think it's got any better or any, like, more, it's got any harder. It's just, you gotta be better. You gotta be a better writer, you gotta be better. And be cautious of, like, people now are out filming. And another thing that's <laughs> happening, though, is we're in a weird generation right now, a current time where, like, you know, People, you know, we're doing podcasts and we're talking and like, yeah. it's live performance is cool again. And like, a lot of people feel like, like we're in a big comedy, stand up comedy time. Yeah. You know, there's every, every streaming platform needs specials. Everybody wants to try comedy. Everybody feels that like they can try it. So, um, wait, what was the original version of that?
0: Um, oh, just walking on eggshells. Oh, yeah,
1: walking on eggshells. Yeah. Nah, so like, I feel like if you could learn to accept the comedy critics that are out there, just random yeah. like, people, yeah. But no, nah, I don't really. I don't really feel like I'm walking on the eggshells just because. I mean, at least I haven't got clapped yet. I don't know. I mean, there's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably a problematic tweet floating out there from like 2011. It's just like, once they see this, you're done, bro. But like, yo, delete all the
0: shit. <coughs> delete that shit.
1: <laughs> delete
0: that shit. Does the radio complement your comedy and vice versa?
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, now it took like there was a year where I was just doing mainly radio, and I was, I tried to get, I got up on stage about four or five times, just, I don't like, period. Yeah. And I I sucked again on stage. But, um, it definitely, like, radio's a different, it's a different, it's a whole different monster. But, like, the quickness and being able to talk, you know, and once, if you're, you know, verbally jabbing with Dana Cortez every single day, that alone is going to get you better in the element of talk nice so yeah that that aspect is helping. you know we all like i'm fortunate enough to with like them they you know they they promote they they push me for comedy i'm i'm there to be funny too yeah on the show so once i figured out how to balance the two i definitely you know they they do compliment each other because there's a lot of stand-up comics who can't do radio oh yeah they can't get behind that booth without being able to set the joke up the way they want to and flow naturally so that helps there and then um you know, but at the same time, when you're on that stage and there's nobody else but you, and that microphone, that's a different, that's a different muscle. But, but you know, just the uh, the sheer sure interaction and you know, talking every single day, yeah, helps. So, yeah.
0: Dude, that's that's funny that you mentioned that. Um, as a reporter, I started off as a print journalist, and I'm still a print journalist. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I ventured TV from 2016 to 2017 for Spectrum News. I fucking sucked on camera. I was like, damn, I didn't realize how awful I am in front of a camera. And I remember <laughs> I remember my boss, Jeff Platt, who is a reporter out of Vegas now. Uh, he's a, one of the best mm-hmm. sports reporters I've ever met in my life. He said, hey, Jose, all that print stuff, throw it out the window. He's like, when you're here in front of a camera, you, you know, get straight to the point, deliver it, be conversational. I was like, damn. But that, that definitely helped me out with my writing. Yeah. Because... I see people who are on TV try to write something; they can't write for shit. And then I see people who write and try to be on TV; doesn't translate well.
1: I, I always encourage anybody to try to do any sort of like any form of like public, commu- like like public presentation of some sort. Like even like this right now. Yeah. Right? it's helping you get that next muscle of communication out, which therefore will help you deliver whatever it is you need to uh, like uh, verbally. Yeah. And, yeah, no, man, it's, it's a whole different thing. And like, you, then you start putting cameras in front of it, too. Yeah, it's, it's a different monster, man. But, oh, like, one thing you don't want to see me do is, I like, write a story. Oof. <laughs> you don't, don't want to see nothing. Like, I talk for a living. No grammar errors. My checks would be way more about to have so many grammar errors.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Is there anything else you want to say? I always tell people at the end of each episode, talk your shit. So if you want to talk your shit, go for it.
1: Man, I ain't got too much shit to talk, but... You know, stay doing you, whoever's listening to this right now. Get in your fucking bag, and if the bag that you're chasing is running further than you, then just be faster than that. That's supposed to be spiritual and help you get to whatever stressful piece of life you're going through at the current moment. But I ain't got nothing, because we talked for, like, I don't know how long just now.
0: <laughs> for, I don't know, a good hour.
1: Good hour and a half. So if you're still here with us, I appreciate you.
0: You get a prize. The world appreciates you.
1: And shout out San Antonio forever. San Antonio got the best tacos, period. In period. Because I ain't really been outside of America. But in America, best tacos, period. And I'm going to say this. New Mexico had the best green chili ever, period. And Colorado green chili is what gentrification tastes like. So if you in <laughs> Colorado, go run and tell them that. Uh, shout out, Jose. Shout out, Al. Shout out the... Uh, what's... Uh, South Town Art Gallery. Southtown Art Gallery forever. And it's amazing work. And shout out to the baby that's coming on the way. Shout out to the baby for sure. Uh, Anthony A400 and... I hope to be back later. This is a fucking fun-ass podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Anthony
0: A400. All right. uh, You can find me at Sports Jose on Instagram and Twitter. Albert, where can they find you, homie? Uh, Trebla Art, Trebla underscore art, and albertgonzalezart.com. All right, guys. That wraps it up for episode six, the six bottle with the rat tail. Gang, gang. Uh, Love you guys. Stay brown.